Hi everyone, I'm Tiffany Xingyu. I'm the GM of Oasis Consortium, a nonprofit to set up global standards for brand and user safety. And today, welcome to Brand Safety Exchange. It is a podcast to feature and interview the veterans in the space to talk about their solutions and their thoughts on this topic. And today I'm very, very honored to have Brandon Ria, who is the VP of Growth with Fendon. Welcome, Brandon. Hey, thanks for having me, Tiffany. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world at Fandon and for your team. Sure. So I have been uh, the VP of growth at Fandom, uh, finally changing that. And the reason why I say finally is that growth has been sort of a, a misnomer. I lead up our community teams. What we recently just did was kind of restructured how uh, we approach community at Fandom. We kind of come at things from the point of view of having a gaming community team in anime community team. And I felt that that was not running the, the most consistent strategy in the world. So we're now uh, have a few teams. Uh, one is called Community Experience, which directly supports our creator community. We have a community development team, which focuses on the optimization of content and making sure that wikis are being built in kind of the best way they can be. Customer support team for sort of more of the, the long tail customers, community activations, which kind of brings the development work to the next level through sold deals, and community safety, which to me is an incredibly important team. You know, trust and safety, sometimes you find it in marketing, you find it in revenue, you can even find it in products. I decided to put it in community our first time having a, a trust and safety focused team, because in my view, everything else that I just mentioned, that dynamic between the creator and the consumer and the content that's being created doesn't work if users don't feel safe using the sites and consumers don't trust the content. Uh, so that's something that I'm really looking forward to building over the next year. I love it. It's uh, almost you see the big bucket of kind of traditional roads to drive the growth uh, using community for engagement and retention. But really now we realize that if you don't really fix the trust and safety issues, then all your investments in the growth part will be wiped out. So really excited to hear that you actually infuse this trust and the safety by design concept into actually accountability. Uh, part of uh, of your world. Um, so for, for folks who are not familiar with Fendom, it, it is a community of many, many communities. Do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, Fendom as well? Sure. I uh, probably should have started there. So <laughs> Fandom is, uh, it's a number of things. We have a number of creator and community platforms. What I focus on specifically is our wiki platform. We have about 250,000 wiki communities under every topic you could possibly think of. Most of our bread and butter is in pop culture, so entertainment, anime, gaming, um, and we really focus on kind of cultivating those and providing a space where people can really celebrate their passion uh, however they want, um, primarily through the creation of this encyclopedic content, not unlike Wikipedia. The way that you know, we were kind of founded as initially was that fandom would be the rest of the library, that if Wikipedia was the encyclopedia, we're the side that kind of goes in, you know, much deeper. You said it's 250,000 communities on your community. Mm -hmm. It's crazy that if you think about how you manage trust and safety and the community policy, it was such a high diversity, you know, on your community. So bravo for, for taking on such a big, big yeah. own job. That to me is like the most important reason why to have a trust and safety team at something like fandom, something at that scale where 10,000 communities probably drive 90% of our traffic. I'm sure a lot of platforms see things 
like that. And so we don't have as much insight as I would want into kind of the long tail of that traffic. And that to me is where trust and safety is the most important, making sure we have some sort of eyeballs in there uh, to keep people safe there as well. That's awesome. So as a tradition, we do a segment called Oasis Refresher. So we actually go through the same three questions with all the interviewees and the guests uh, on, on, on Brand Safety Exchange. So are you ready for, for this round? Let's do it. Awesome. So the first question is, why do you think brand and user safety is becoming so important these days, especially taking, you know, from the vintage point of Fendon and with what's going on in the world right now? I think the, what we've seen kind of increasing over the years is how the internet, I don't think, has, has created any new problems. There's a lot of historical forces at work. Um, when we go look at something like the storming of the U.S. Capitol, like the issues that went into that are not necessarily new issues, but the internet has become a new weapon, a new tool in order to generate extremism, promote misinformation or disinformation, and a way for people to you know, exploit others. And I don't think we as an industry have done as good of a job as we could have kind of keeping people safe and really thinking long term, like what are the implications of what we're doing. And I think now there's more and more awareness of that within the public. So that's why we're seeing a lot of these issues in the news a lot more. Yeah, and we'll continue to do so, especially after January 6th. Yeah, it's so spot on. It's true that internet and the whole social media especially has been weaponized mm -hmm. for a lot of you know, political, religious, you know, racial goals uh, you know, behind the scene. So the second question is why are you personally invested in this topic? For me, you know, when I was growing up, like going to high school, I didn't really have a ton of friends. I mostly kept to myself, a lot of social anxieties that went into that. And where I found community was online. I joined a Star Wars website. I'm a big Star Wars fan. And that ultimately led me uh, to fandom, uh, where I became a contributor before I was a staff member. So I always had very positive experiences online and I always enjoyed you know, my time doing that. And as I see where things are going, I feel a certain responsibility as a leader within the industry to make sure that people can continue to have that sort of positive experience, the same one uh, that I felt that I had. So it's very personal to me in that regard. I love it because as you started as a user, so you really mm. have the empathy and given the years past, um, have the history of how the community has evolved to really make the decisions today to build a trust mm -hmm. for the community. Uh, so the last question is, you're part of the OASIS Consortium and leading the charge, especially from an accountability perspective. Uh, we are set to set the guardrails uh, for building uh, brand and user safety. What do you think the world would become if we don't build such guardrails and principles? I think it'll become a world, and you could argue whether this is the, the right call or not, where if we don't self-regulate, regulation will be imposed upon us. And I think we, we I, I listen personally to how, you know, some members of Congress, for instance, talk about the internet. I think it was famously like a senator asked the CEO of Google, how do I fix my iPhone? Like, I, I don't feel like we're, we're necessarily dealing with uh, a government that knows a lot about the internet. So if we want to avoid what we might think could be overly imposing 
regulations or maybe just the wrong regulations would be a better way to say it, then I think it's important to us to be able to kind of get our own house in order or somebody else will, will do it for us. And you see tea leaves are moving that way. We just had a presidential election where both candidates, both administrations now are in favor of, for example, the repeal of Section 230 for wildly different reasons, but that's the direction that things are trending. I think we need to get ahead of that trend. That's so true. Um, there, is, there is a gap. Obviously, when we build brand and user safety principles, we try to get the leaders from the you know, security, trust and safety space to talk with people from the brand advertising world to, to talk together. There's a gap between these two worlds, but also, you know, there is a gap between the private and the public sectors, you know, Mm -hmm. how we can come together telling the policymakers and the politicians, you know, what that really means because they need to have the empathy as you have had being a user on a community, uh, you know, to make the decision call, which will be enforced through law and the policies. Yeah. And I also think it just makes good business sense. Spectrum Labs did a Uh, a talk last week where one of the panelists said the job of content moderation, the job of trust and safety is to make sure that what the marketing team says about the brand is actually true. So it, to me, it just makes business sense to live up to, you know, what your highest aspiration as a company is. So it's, it's well spot on, Brendan, the content moderation needs to be aligned with the community policy, uh, which needs to be aligned with the brand promise. So you are a platform of many platforms. So each community has its own policy and a, and a promise to their users. So how you ensure the global policy enforcement when you're a platform of so many platforms? So it has to start, you know, from having a, a clear terms of use that people can understand. And that has to be as consistent as you know, it possibly can be. I think some of where companies fall into traps, especially recently with the deplatforming of certain high profile individuals is the tension around the inconsistency there. Like why that person, why now, what's the specific rule? And I think like, even if you agree with the action, you still sometimes wonder, you know, why exactly are you carrying it out now versus, you know, two years ago or something like that. So that's really important just to get buy-in, I think from your community and from your users. And then, you know, on fandom with 250,000 wikis, they're all going to have their own set of policies as well. And one of the things that we're coming out with is essentially like a policies policy saying you need to have some sort of policy, even if it's a really basic one. So administrators on wikis aren't going in and just banning people for no reason or being jerks to them for no reason. Like you can't ban somebody just because you don't like them. There's got to be a clear rule that's being violated. And that's same is true on a global level, regardless of what the platform is. That to me you know, a key part of the term trust and safety, I think we always think about the safety part, obviously, but it's trust. Like people need to trust you that you're going to kind of consistently and fairly enforce policies. And if it doesn't, then your social dynamic doesn't work as well as it could. 
Yeah, it, it's so true that you can't have a policy, but if you don't enforce it, or, you, mm -hmm. or if you enforce it, but you don't back it up with transparent reporting and a whole transparent process, then you really lose the original purpose of having these policies to gain the trust mm -hmm. from the community. And another point is very true, coming back to what you were saying, or you alluded to, is how this trust and safety thing is tied to the community growth or the whole brand uh, promise that when when a user chooses this platform they believe you know into the ideology and philosophy and the brand of it so you know if you do not um, you know demonstrate you stick to your ideology and brand you end up losing your users and one thing uh, at Oasis, we talk a lot about is the speed to trust will become a community and platform and brand differentiator in the coming decade. Yeah, and I think, you know, having trust and safety be an extension of, of even your company values, too, is really important. It's like the marketing angle of, you know, living up to how you talk about yourself externally, that's important. But you have internal customers as well. And if you're coming out with a certain policy, and regardless of how well-intentioned somebody wants a policy to be, regardless of how, let's say, nonpartisan you may feel you're going into it, there's going to be somebody who accuses you of some sort of bias. Like, I kind of just accept the premise that somebody's going to say I'm being too liberal at some points. Um, but if you can clearly demonstrate where it's rooted in kind of the DNA of your company, I think the better off you are. Like, I, one of our values at Fandom is we bring joy. So when I think about what the policies that, are, that we're going to, to have uh, and how we're going to evolve them over 2021, I look at something like, you know, we're a platform called Fandom. It's about pop culture. Sure, you know, somebody may feel that they can get into a debate about Trump versus Biden or something, but how is that bringing joy? They may, like, two people may have fun arguing with each other, but everybody around you is rolling your eyes and saying, I don't want this on my community. So I think really rooting it into not just your brand story, but your corporate values is a really important piece of the puzzle. Thank you so much, Brandon, for leading the charge of building accountability around trust and safety uh, for your community and for the industry. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. And thanks for calling me a veteran earlier. Like I've never been uh, called that in the context of this before. So that was fun. Oh man, how many years working community for you? I've been doing this for 11 years, but I'm also like, I'm 32. So I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm allowed to be a veteran? That's, oh, that's, not, that's not right. Come on, you are a veteran. Uh, thank you so much, Brandon, for, for, for today and for sharing your experience. Thanks for having me, Tiffany. It's always a pleasure.